Kia ora and welcome to Discipleship Aotearoa. In this podcast you will hear about, well, uh, discipleship in Aotearoa. You'll hear from me, Caleb, your host, as well as friends that are passionate about Jesus and discipleship. So pick up a paddle and jump in the waka with us. We'll learn some tools, resources and perspectives that will inform, inspire and maybe even irk you as you live out your walk with Jesus. Before the episode begins, we thought we'd give a bit of a disclaimer, a bit of a trigger warning. In today's episode, we will be hearing about mental health and references around depression. Kia ora, welcome back to our podcast. Actually, this is the first podcast that we have a guest. Uh, but before I introduce the guest, let me introduce the topic. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about mental emotional health as a disciple of Jesus and I'm so excited for it I'm excited because uh, it's a topic that's close to my heart something that I've uh, done a lot in my life a lot of work around um, and I have uh, yeah just a really uh, awesome friend of mine that's here let me talk to you about my friend so um, this is Tash Ellis and uh, she she's right next to me and she is awesome she is a counselor she is a facilitator of a course uh, called Soul Tour and uh, if anyone knows anything about um, Dave Riddell's Living Wisdom, then you will know a little bit about this course. Um, I've uh, done it myself. I've run a th- few people through it. And uh, it's this amazing um, opportunity. We're going to hear about it a little bit more. But um, before I talk about that, I must, again, reintroduce uh, who Tasha's to me. I met her uh, at a church once we went to, and uh, we became instant friends. Actually, actually, Tash, you can introduce how you know me through that because mm-hmm. you do it better so tash my friend take it away oh morena guys and caleb this is this is nice checking into this we've just mm. been hanging out before we even start recording this morning <laughs> and it's just it's good to be with a good mate um we were even saying it's it's nice to have people that you just connect with naturally and i think caleb and uh, his wife debs and my husband i felix connected pretty well straight mm. away because we both um we get excited about the same stuff we yep. get excited about church we get excited about jesus and the first time um, I met Caleb and Debs, they'd just signed on to be youth pastors at the mm. church we were part of. And I just remember um, sitting in church, having this whole group of young people sitting around going, you know, you feel you feel a bit sketchy when you've got a new leader coming to church as mm. a young person. And the, the excitement and enthusiasm Caleb and Debs brought mm. full of serving Jesus and for building the church and for loving people and not like a pumpy enthusiasm. <laughs> but just like a genuine flowing out of the heart, like mm. Caleb, this guy, he's excited. He, he's excited about the work of the Holy Spirit. He's excited about what Jesus has done for us. He's excited about seeing people live, live that. And um, mm. I still remember thinking, man, I actually feel like I had a bit of a word from the Holy Spirit that you mm. guys were safe. Mm. And I remember kind of speaking that over the group I and being that. like, yeah. oh, I just have a strong sense God's saying these guys are safe. Yeah. And um that doesn't really introduce me at all, but it says, um, yeah, I value you guys and what you bring. Yeah, totally. Um, well, um, so uh, it was nice to meet you then, and then to find out that you were involved with this thing called Soul Tour, mm. to find out that you're a counsellor. So there's a whole bit of backstory uh, with you. And and actually, you helped introduce me to this idea of mental emotional healthiness. I've never huh. uh, come across that. at least that term, and, and especially as a Christian. So on that. Um, there's a story there. So you teach this course called Soul Tour. Um, how did you get there? What's the story behind it? Uh, teach us a little bit about that. Uh, so I, 
I, by nature, am one of those people who's like a bit irritatingly chipper, um, <laughs> both as a coping strategy and as a personality trait. <laughs> like the, shut up, why are you being so positive? Just, nah, calm down. Um, it would be my, my natural bent. Uh, some of you are immediately thinking, good, Julie, no, never hang out with her. And that's okay, I get that, we're all different. I have other friends. Um, but uh, the problem with that is that you're still a human being mm. and you still have struggles and I have my own for various reasons. You know, I'm one of five siblings and that many siblings is enough to give you hang-ups, even in a nice family. Um, I experienced some trauma and stuff as a kid, which frankly a lot of people have, so come join the club. But long and short of it is uh, I ended up at Bible College as a 18, 19-year-old super enthused on the outside which fit in a very enthused uh culture church i was in but pretty pretty insecure and down and uh turns out depressed uh clinically diagnosed as on the inside um and i kind of went on a journey um for a couple of years while i was in bible college of trying to like how do you serve jesus when a lot of the time on the inside you are kind of feeling small and insignificant and mm-hmm. horrible and under a dark cloud and just in really really dark spaces mm-hmm. and then having this picture of being a jesus follower which is i think i mistakenly understood as looks like perky and happy all the time on the outside mm. um so i was trying to get better i saw counselors um which were actually really helpful i saw a psychologist yep. was helpful i did courses mm. i got prayer ministry i exercised i did a lot of stuff yep. um and i got some good traction on trying to recover um from depression and just build a happier mm. inside space but it felt like i only ever got to like managing my problems right. like i could get to it goes away for a couple of months but it would just swing around you know right. like i'd um eventually left aussie came home and became a ski instructor and that's a pretty tiring job and I just I'd just burn out and get depressed again. Right. And then um it would just be Felix, my then fiance, sitting there with me <laughs> weeping again. Um just about who even knows what. Mm. Like, depression's pretty strong. So um I wasn't good for various reasons and then a friend of ours basically peer pressured us into coming on this course called Soul Tour that mm. um was running and I was pretty desperate to just take up anything offered, so I was like, yep, yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah. And Felix, um, my fiancé at the time, was kind of like, well, I did say I'd do some pre-marriage counselling with you, and the only pastors in town are your parents, which is weird, so I guess we'll do this course. <laughs> we did this course, and despite the like three, four years of therapy and mental health stuff I'd been getting, on the Soltal course, I heard material I had never heard before mm. about depression and how it works, right. um, and about mental health. Mm. and kind of on the course I was real cynical of it um, and thought oh, yeah I mean it sounds good man. Yeah. whatever like some of the, yeah you know and yeah. I was actually I was a bit cynical to be honest mm. um, but I came away from it and in part because it would be a waste of money not to and in part because <laughs> Felix was on board I mm. um, started applying some of the stuff and lo and behold it actually like it actually worked yeah. so for the first time in four years of working flipping hard on my mental health yeah. I started to get traction wow and within a year and a half, I was off medication I'd been on for four years. Wow. And my whole headspace started to shift. Um, yeah. yeah. Started to get a bunch of hope, started to get peace that was actually sustainable in difficult mm. times and stopped walking around constantly stressing about out about what other people were thinking about me. Yeah. Just kind of gave up on that. Yeah, which is really interesting, um, having met you a little bit after this. Mm. 
um, because, you know, it's, yeah, hearing your story beforehand, because I guess you met me at a time when I was just starting a ministry, and when I did do Soul Tour, it was about a year into it, yeah. and I was definitely burning the candles at both end, ends, and I we'd, we'd gotten married, and then three months later, gone into ministry, and moved into a house together, so it was all this massive yeah. stuff, and um, and then I, I had uh, gained a whole lot of weight, and that was because of stress and anxiety yeah. and all that, yeah. and, so, and then I did the Soul Tour, and um, I remember coming out after it, very similar, going, oh, yeah, that's some nice stuff, but uh, wonderful work. And then yeah. applying just one of the things yeah. and going, holy hecka, yeah. this works. Um, and so, and you and you were there for that. So that was awesome. Um, I was just thinking about that, like, um, like as a as a disciple of Jesus, right? Mental emotional health. It's such a important thing nowadays. More we talk about it. Um, I, I was wondering if you wanted to chat to us a little bit about what you've seen in your counseling and seen in your soul tour work. Uh, what are people coming in with when it comes to mental emotional health that's a need and 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 yeah what are some of the uh, yeah what what are they coming in with and, and and how are you helping people to deal with it um so i'm going to i'm going to talk about christian clients because that's the kind of context we're in here yes. um i think a lot of people who are coming into my office and so mostly i work with young adults mm. um and probably half my clients are christians which mm. which is the coolest because there's mm. nothing nicer than being able to actually see people get shift in yeah. the perspective on god but a lot of what people are wrestling with is um depression yes uh, anxiety self-esteem mm. uh, relationship dynamics particularly like dating singleness yep. um and struggling with uh, like inconsistencies they're seeing in the church, so mm. um, or in their family. So mm. you know, my parents are Christians, and yet this is the experience I've had. Um, my pastor is this, and yet this is the experience I've had. So yes. kind of seeing the complexities of life, which you start to see as a young adult, young yeah. adult which actually resounds heaps with me. Uh, you yeah. know, in my story, that was what I was seeing. I left home between 18 and 22 I was in a big church and starting to go oh man like this is more complicated than I thought <laughs> I thought if I just followed Jesus everything would all just be sweet easy ass. and sweet ass and then you're like oh takes a bit of mahi yeah, it does. more complicated well, than that well what is what are, what are some of the the mahi or the, the tools the the helpful things in your in your work that you've found to help Christians because is it, is it as simple touch is it as simple as you just like uh, play them a 30 minute sermon uh, from someone <laughs> from America on YouTube, or is it is it that you just read scriptures to them for forty five minutes uh, from Leviticus? Like, what's the helpful? What is the what do you do with them? What is what is the the lesson you teach them, or the the thing you press into uh, the to help? Lesson. <laughs> yeah, <they're> lesson. <laughs> silly. My daughter would say this when she's three years old. She goes, "Silly do, silly do. That's silly do, Caleb. The lesson." <laughs> If you haven't met humans yet, they're really complicated, man. Mm. And one of the luxuries of my job is I get to work with one person mm. in a room at a time. So I get to actually go, who are you? What is your story? Mm. Um, what is throwing around in your mind that is messing you up? And mm. how can how can I help you to see so that you can go out and shift some things? Um, yeah. How can we work together on that? So I get to work with individual people um, which is much easier than being a pastor and having to talk to a congregation. I don't envy you guys. <laughs> it's important though. Um, people, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Bring me back, Caleb. Um, yeah. So what? 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 What have you found helpful? Yeah. For yeah, people, what's helpful in these situations? Yeah. I think a part of what is helpful is people seeing that 
often um, they've kind of got a cultural message, which isn't actually a scriptural message, that if you follow Jesus, everything will be sweet. Yeah. In fact, I would even say that that is a message from other religions. Hmm. So in a lot of religions, the idea of it is you do the right thing, you please the gods, the gods look after you. You scratch my back, God scratches yours. Uh, And that's just, I don't think, the fundamental message of Mm. Christianity. Mm. But I think there's kind of this idea, if you play your cards right, if you do things right, everything will be sweet. Um, Whether that's Western as well, um, Mm. you know, self-help is going out of control in the Western world. If we get the right tools, everything will just be good. But I just don't know that that's what Jesus has saved us for. What am I saying by that? In terms mm. of everything will just be sweet and easy and gold and happy. I think God is more interested in our characters being mm. good. Um, mm. And that requires navigating all the challenges of life. Yeah. So often people are coming in uh, seeing seeing the complexity of other Christians, seeing the complexity in themselves, seeing the complexity in their families and in the church and going, what the heck? It's not perfect. Um, like what we've been taught. Like a complexity where we've been taught simplicity, possibly? Yeah, maybe. I reckon it's not even like explicitly taught. I think right, it's maybe right, like, right. A, like an implicit message. Gotcha. Um, totally. Yeah, and so kind of needing to separate out that God is not the church mm. um, is often helpful. So people just actually breaking that kind of weld of ideas. Church is not God. God is not church. So church may be representing things about God, but actually I'm on a par with all the people in the church and we together are trying to work this out. Mm. Um, And so sometimes it's even about people realizing, you know, I'll often ask something like, oh yeah, have you ever had a sense of God uh, wants you to do something maybe from scripture? Uh, You know, feeling a leading from God, Um, you know, what would be the, the kind of God honoring thing to do and you then have not done it. Right. You ever had that moment, Caleb? Absolutely. <laughs> Quite a lot. <laughs> hundred times a day, right? Yeah. Well, if you're capable of doing that, yeah. everybody else is capable of doing mm. that. And if we're all making those non-Christ-like decisions mm. in and around the times where we do go, yeah, yeah, mm. I'm going to pursue you here, God. Um, what you're left with is a whole pile of carnage in the wake behind me and you mm. and everyone else. And so... Being able to hold that complexity, like uh, just because God started something doesn't mean that every single step that happens beyond that is going to be now perfect. Gotcha. There's yep. still human will at work. Yeah. There's still brokenness at work. There's still you yeah. veering off. There's still other people veering off. Yep. Um, but God being the master of resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. He takes our mistakes and makes something beautiful. It, it, is it inter- so from your, yeah, from, from your mahi as a counselor and saltua, um, it's really interesting to me. So this this image of God and His will being so tied to our mental emotional health, like that's you've found that to be a like a, a factor because I'm not so sure that's a connection that's often drawn. Um, I would say what you believe about God determines what you believe about almost everything else. Mm-hmm. What you believe about God. Determines what you believe about believe almost everything else, and I, I really, I really appreciate that in light of uh, mental, emotional health. Like just going off, just riffing right now off you. Um, so doing soul tour, you know, one of the big things uh, that we we learn there is about, um, you know, the, the, how does God, uh, I guess, exercise His will? Is this mm. something that He does to you, and you're completely, uh, you know, just sitting there, just passively, you know, in the backseat of the car, or is this a a, 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 a collab? Is this uh, you and Jesus together in the car? And I think 
um, when I did Salto, I did it as a pastor taking some, I did it with my, my, my youth leaders. It was really interesting because that was one of the biggest, uh, the hardest mental uh, breaks for people to have was to go, wait, like God, God actually asked me to act. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to move to have ownership of my life to take responsibility for my actions and and this this uh, skin bag that I um, that I inhabit um, like that was a really big thing and and to, to hear that connected to mental mission health I think that's quite liberating it's maybe it's a bit um, it's a bit scary for some but I think it's also quite liberating yeah. at the same time I think it's a bit of both um, because we actually do have the ability to, to move yeah. given by the one who's given us that ability um, yeah, that was a riff. Um, anything else? Anything well, else? Yeah. It's interesting because if you believe that everything that, that like, you know, it's God's job to sort everything out. And mm. if you just pray and go, okay, God sorted it out, then you get to kind of cop out. You don't have to do the hard work of life. And then you get permission to be a victim if things yes, go badly. Yes. And blame God. And blame God and feel sorry for yourself yes, which and I can speak from yeah this is my I've life. done it yeah. same I do man it. I as do if, it. oh totally this is this is when you got to push back on because yeah. feeling sorry for yourself feels good yeah. it's like scratching a mozzie bite you kind of know it's good for yourself and you're just like oh yes what a metaphor <laughs> oh goodness just sitting in a pity party we call it a pity party because part of us knows it's a party you feel right. good when you get to be a victim I don't huh. know what exactly that is but yeah. there's something about feeling sorry for yourself that is indulgent so that was a real big one for me was the whole um going from being a victim because it wasn't until i did salt that i realized my mentality i'd been shaped that way my whole life that i had um that i and actually one of the big things was knowing that the gospel speaks into that that, yeah. that jesus you know looks at us and says get up <laughs> yeah. get up with my hand holding you like yeah. totally but not like you know come on mate i'll chuck you on my shoulders and i'll do everything for you so um i found that very freeing for me and maybe yeah. those listeners also thinking like you know my own trauma and my own life and my background like Maybe we're laughing now about the stuff around, you know, victim. But actually, to go from that to to actually progress, we can actually progress in our mental emotional health. That was new to me, hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, people um, people don't realize that. Yeah, people don't realize things like depression is curable. Wow. And I don't mean manageable. Right. I mean curable. And now look, there's exceptions to everything. There are biochemical factors and da di da. But by and large. Yes. There are six different types of depression and you cure all of them in different ways. Mm. And if you're trying to cure type A with type D, you'll get stuck and frustrated and think there's gotcha. no hope. But if you can tune into what runs behind your depression and the, right. the actual thing that's happening for you. So that's what I came across the first time I did Soul Tour. Right. It broke down six different types of depression. I was like, holy, I used to have four. I've mm. got rid of two. No wonder I'm still depressed, even though I've done all this work. Mm. And now I know what I need to do to fix the last two. Mm. So I went away and spent a year and a half mm. doing it. And I haven't been depressed in the decade since. Wow. Despite all the hard things happening like yes. life happened. Yes. But um, yeah. coming back to that victimhood thing, yeah. I think it's... As a Christian, uh, sometimes it can be... Like, it can be scary to try and be a Jesus follower. Mm. Um because we're so aware of our own inadequacy right and in mm. order to to do that we need to lean into the holy spirit we need to do the work of discipleship which is work of discipleship like yes. it's, it, it is yes. work to sit in a quiet space and shut up brain <laughs> let me just like try and tune in to mm. god or be aware of his presence which mm. is always with us yes. like 
um, it is work to learn, not just mm. to like read the Bible and be like, well, I read a chapter, why am I not transformed? But mm. to actually like stop and meditate in that and let it stew in you to, to learn mm. to study it, to, to do things like fast. Oh, did she say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> ah! To do things like, how do you learn humility? Like mm. not through like understanding the concept and just hoping, but there are practices that create discipleship. You know, you want to be yeah. a car mechanic. You don't read all the books and never touch a car. You've got mm. to do the mahi of being a Jesus follower and that is hard work Um, and I'm lazy and I think it's a bit of a common trait of humanity like the sin nature wants us to not engage with that and Mm. so the alternative is if you just or an alternative is to feel sorry for yourself and go well it's God's job to transform me now but actually God wants to work with us because if we do engage in the work of discipleship be that transforming our minds because that is how we are renewed Mm. as well as our behaviors but from the inside out right Right. that's what jesus does if we do that work then we also get to make like gain the dignity that god wants Mm. us to have Mm. you don't get dignity when a helicopter drops you at the top of a mountain and says hey here you are look at the view you get dignity from climbing it sweat and tears Mm. and blood and getting to the top journey um like There is, and and God wants us to have that. Like, I think he wants us to have the experience of stepping into life and, right. and seeing what we're capable of. Like, right. he's made us with such potential. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take doing some scary things and taking some risks. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you just decide your theology says it's God's job to make it all sweet, and um, I will just go, God, help. Yeah. Um, and not engage with that, yeah. then you kind of you don't have to to do the scary things, take the risks. That's yeah, that's really. Good. And God doesn't send us out to do that on our own. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's something beautiful about the wrestle of complexity. Yeah. That God loves, like it's in the in the trying to work this out. Yeah. That we're shaped. Just um, just off that, I, I was thinking um, recently, you know every kind of generation if you can call them that has God in a particular way a particular perspective yeah. about him and, yeah. and I would say that kind of uh, the more younger generation you know uh, millennial Gen Z is it Alpha is it the latest one um, like I think this idea of God and, and the perception of him as I think what's needed is uh, with the mental emotional health uh, epidemic like like, like the, 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 the all of the negative stuff that's happening in our society um, it's it's like we need Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Like we need, yeah, and, and and that's that's uh, um, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I've experienced in ministry, um, just in friendship, Christian friendship, yeah. is this need for for Jesus to be, uh, and for us to offer to the world that Jesus, who has a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. And so that's why I'm really excited because I think there's a way of understanding that and hearing that in a sermon that's just like cool. Think peace, think peace, think peace. But then there's actual tools to do the mahi to actually. Uh, yeah. to do that and to do that in community and when I think about soul tour I think about and I've experienced that yeah. in the three separate times I've done it mm-hmm. um, and so just maybe going well uh, yeah so about we need the Prince of Peace I need him you need him Come we on. all need him yes please what is peace peace mm. is the reassurance of adequate resources say that one more time peace is the reassurance that you have adequate resources mm-hmm. Whether that be mental resources, emotional resources, spiritual resources, dollars in your bank account, wheels mm. on your car. Peace is the reassurance of adequate resources. That's a Dave Riddell. Mm. He's a good man, that man. Mm. He's a blessing. Mm. That seems like an understatement. But um, I suggest one of our jobs is to 
resource ourselves. So Jesus wants to work with us in that process, yes. but the the growing and maturity is about getting wisdom, right? Which you could reframe as resource yourself, right? <laughs> and all you're getting, get wisdom. Mm. Um, you know, pursue wisdom yes. and. And wisdom is is God's wisdom. It's truth. It's reality. And going, okay, if there is, like, somebody out there knows what you need to know. If you're struggling in an area, you need your job is not to have the answer, but it's to go and find the answer, find the resource that you need. So Soul Tour is that. Soul Tour is, um, Dave Rodell was a therapist. He got so frustrated with being a pastor for many mm. years and not being able to actually see people change and help. Yeah. And so he stopped being a pastor and went around trained as a therapist mm. and just started absorbing inordinate amounts of information. He's He's got one of those brains that is just quite genius. And then he took thousands of hours of complex content and did his genius, which is distilled it down into just simple, swallowable truths for the, like, you and I mm. normal pleb who's yep. like, I do what? <laughs> and he's just able to kind of take all of this stuff and distill it into yeah. one kind of wisdom pill where yeah. you go, ah, oh, oh, that makes sense. Ah, oh, I now have a resource in my mind. Mm. I have a way of thinking that is going to help me to navigate the situation. Right, right. So one of those tools. Are you happy to yeah, yeah please. I was going to ask you, can you teach us, teach us? So, for example, <laughs> one, of the, one of the beautiful little pills, I'm going to call it, Dave's come up with, which we teach in Soul Toy, mm. is a concept around trust. Yes. Uh, which is that it's foolish to just say this person or God or this church is trustworthy or not. Mm. Because everyone is going to have trustworthy areas and untrustworthy areas. Yes. Now hear me out if that sounds crazy. Um, it does to people, but but when you understand it, it doesn't. Yeah, so um, who's got a late friend? We all got a late friend. Someone's I used to be that late yeah, friend. you used to be the late friend. Mm. There you go. But... Just because a friend is constantly late, it doesn't mean you have to write them off as a friend, right? Because they might suck at being punctual. They might be the kind of person who texts you and says, hey, I'll meet you for lunch at 12. And then two o'clock, you're just like, ah! Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. But, hey, maybe they suck at being on time, but maybe, flip, if you tell them a secret, they're going to keep it. Mm. If you come to them in your vulnerability, they're going to listen and be present and and like nurture you and love you well in that. Maybe you could give them your credit card and know Mm. it'll be safe. And so being able to say, not just like, I do or don't trust them. You go, hey, man, I do not trust Caleb to be punctual. Mm. But flip, I could trust him to babysit my kids because mm. he's a safe guy. So mm. what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start eating without him at six if he's not there. Sucker, sorry, mate, you can have a cold. <laughs> I'm going to reset my expectations. But we need to do that um, with looking at ourselves. Right. We need to do that with looking at our friends. Yeah. Our family. We also need to do that with looking at churches, mm. our Bible colleges. Mm. And when you can break it down like that, it suddenly gives you a resource to be able to go, oh, okay, well, maybe my dad represented God to me in a trustworthy way in some areas, but not in others. Right. Yep. So I don't have to just write off my parents as, oh, they suck, they're the worst parents in the world. They're probably mm. trying the best they could. Mm. But you probably. can go, hey, in this, <laughs> probably, maybe, yeah. maybe not, right? <laughs> yeah. Life's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could go, they were trustworthy in this area and not trustworthy yeah. in that area. And so, and so there's kind of, there's a tool there that you can use that can help your mind to navigate the complexities of relationships and life and following yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, 
yeah that, that's really helped me that one yeah. um around trust uh to go because i can be quite a um judgmental person uh i own that and and then re-looking at a person having a, a greater perspective and i think that's what Salto has helped me to do is to have perspective on things that i would have just the one perspective i can now uh complexify that perspective a bit yeah. in a good way hey like yeah. so to complexify the simple um, and I think in a world that is quite, you know, like, like, like black, white, uh, you're in, you're out, you know, you're acceptable, you're cancelled, like, uh, funny how the gospel, right? Like, it's, I always think about Jesus like that, that third way that he often offers, right? Like, two warring parties, Jesus, which side are you on? He's like, bam, what bam? Here's someone else. And you're like, what the heck? Um, and, and that kind of, but that takes um, straddling the tensions, which takes uh, a time. It takes, if yeah. it takes perspective, it takes yeah. wisdom, as you've been talking yeah. about. Um yeah, that's awesome around trust. I appreciate that a lot. Um, anything else? I think an important word that you said, Caleb, is complexity. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the one of the pieces that is really important for like maturity and maturation is starting to realise that things are more complex. Mm. Uh, faith, ourselves, all of that. But complexity doesn't have to be overwhelming if right. we get the right resources to get our head around it and that's that's a lot of what we're trying to achieve at soul tour mm-hmm. is um for a complex world you need lots of good tools you know if you're working on a complex car you need a toolbox with more than like a hammer and nails mm-hmm. you might need 16 tools in there we're like awesome come on soul tour we're gonna give you 10 we don't have everything right. but we got a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. and it's not something i've come up with this is drawn mm-hmm. from thousands of different resources um, and been tested through thousands of hours of what actually helps people to shift. Yeah. So like on the short intro course we do, we teach 12 fundamental tools of mental and emotional health and they help you to actually understand yourself better, mm-hmm. what drives your good stuff and what drives your not so good stuff. You know, like we break down the 16 most common misbeliefs that people hold um, and then not just break them down and they go, these are misbeliefs because that's somewhat discouraging but it turns into encouraging because we go oh well if this is the misbelief you hold here's what you do with that here's how you grieve the fact that that has just messed you up for the last 22 years Mm. and then you go here's how I change that belief here's what Jesus invites me to believe through scripture here's what reality tells me is actually true instead and here is how I shift the way I think and what I do to actually get my subconscious to start moving from believing A to believing B and when you change what you believe that naturally flows into feeling different feelings, mm. talking different ways, mm. behaving different ways. Rewiring the brain. Mm. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and well, um, you know, as you said, there's 12 steps here and there, there are all these different things. What's, what's maybe one that you could just uh, go a little bit deeper on with us? One of the coolest things I think we can learn is a concept called ownership. Uh, and the alternative to that is obligation um obligation is where you live your life feeling like you have to do things you should do things um you need to do things and that if you don't that's somehow a reflection on you as a person and i think it can creep into the church uh because scripture is pretty clear about what kind of behaviors look like on the outside when you do have a good heart towards god on the inside but it's really easy to do those things from i should i have to and the problem with that is you have to engage your willpower to, to do things you don't really feel like doing right. or you don't really have buy-in on doing. And willpower is a limited resource that eventually runs out and it wears you down emotionally and when you get worn down emotionally, you start to get into things like burnout. Right. If you start to experience burnout, that is one of the types of depression. You start to experience symptoms of depression. 
Um, so obligation is not going to be your friend. It's going to wear you out. Mm. It's going to get you jaded. Uh, it's going to get you overwhelmed. It's going to get you tired. And it's not going to leave you like with the joy of the Lord as your strength. Right. But there's an alternative to you have to do things and you should do things, which is ownership. Uh, and I think we see in Scripture a whole bunch of people living out of this. So ownership is when everything you do is because you want to do it, you've chosen to do it, you've found enough reasons to do it. And it can sound really selfish on the surface, like, what do you mean? But mm. it's, it's actually about um, stopping and looking at every decision you make and going, well, I don't have to do this, but what are the consequences if I do? What are the consequences if I don't? Um, for example, I don't have to change my kid's nappy. Uh, I, I literally don't have to. Yes. But she's going to get a horrible nappy rash. Mm. She's going to be absolutely upset. We'll call the pain. cops on you. Yeah, yeah. someone called the cops on yeah. me. Someone might take my child away, as they should, if I refuse to do that. Yeah. Is that what I really want? And then to be like, oh, no, I probably don't actually want to do that. Well, what are my other alternatives? I could I could, I could, uh, negotiate. I could see if someone else will change this nappy for me. Um, I could just stick her under a hose in the shower. I mean, I'm getting a bit random now. but <laughs> um, Or I could change the nappy, but... Before I change it, I go, oh, actually, I want to change this nappy. And then I think about the consequences of that. I'm like, man, I want to change this nappy because that's the kind of mum I want to be. I want to be the one caring for my kid. I don't want to pay someone else to do this job. Um, I want to take the opportunity to look her in the eyes and talk to her and engage with her right now. But I can go through the reasons and then actually go, oh, no, the thing is I actually do want to do this thing. And then I can do it with, with enthusiasm, right. with ownership. Uh, and you can apply it to everything. You can apply it to serving in church. You can apply it to reading your Bible. Yeah, well, the church one. I, I heard the example once, right? Of a, a, a was it a, a music worship pastor who went uh, back oh, to their church? A good story. Eh? Yeah, went yeah. back to their church and fired all of the the music people, right? And well, fired and said, you, "None <laughs> you of you are obligated idea. to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, reapply if you really want to do. It, if you have ownership of your decision, not obligated." And um, did all of them uh, get back so, in? He took the Living Wisdom School, he learned about serving from ownership, and he went back and taught it in yes. church and said, hey guys, you can, you, I don't want you to do this unless you really want to do yeah. it, um, or if you can negotiate to get it to a stage, size we want to do it, and then the whole kids team were like, oh, we don't want to do it, and they will quit. And he was real brave, because he could have just pulled it back the next week, he said, oh yes, you do kind of need you, you kind of have to. He didn't, he held to, yeah. and uh, after a couple of weeks of just like, kids running rampant in the service, no one being yeah. here, and all the Sydney parents being like... Eh? Gee, wouldn't it be nice if just one of us took all 10 kids each week and we went on a <laughs> roster? Eventually, they actually all re-signed up yeah. and went, oh, but we get why? Yes. I want to do this because it means that my friends can yeah. sit in yeah. six out of seven weeks. Yeah. And I actually want to be here because I want to be able to engage yeah. and be present. And I found that, um, just again, working with youth, young adults, like that obligated faith. It's a real big yeah. thing, eh? And, and, and as I do an intermission with the discipleship of young adults, that's a real big thing is to break yeah. away from the thinking of, I just have to do it because yeah. it's the right thing, it's the good yeah. thing, my parents told me to do yeah. it, um, the Bible says to do it, etc., etc. I mean, to go, I choose to do it. And I choose to do it. And, and one thing I like about ownership is you can choose to do it even when it's a thing that um, you don't totally like. It yeah. can be a thing that um, actually gives you a bit of pain. Like, I hate doing the dishes, if I'm honest. Yeah. But I but I, I prefer that than, uh, you know, uh, cockroaches. Yeah. I, I really yeah. do prefer that. So yeah. th that's one example. But also when it comes to faith, right? Like, because, uh, you know, as we know, the scripture says, God loves an obligated giver. Oh, <laughs> that's slightly, slightly wrong, isn't it? You know, but, you know, this, this idea of God wanting us to own our love yeah. for him, not be obligated as robots yeah. that just do as, you yeah. know, 
the master robot says it's actually a love relationship and it is this you know um anyway yeah i say it to myself all the time like um you know even things like well i don't have to follow jesus Mm. i don't i don't don't. have to i see people all around me not doing it but then i go oh okay well well what does that mean you know and and then i end up coming back to well i know god exists i can't get beyond that there is a god and then and then it comes back to like well, well, if there is a God, it's pretty flippin' important to find out who yeah. or what gotcha. God is. And yeah. then you start following that and you're like, well, God clearly has personality because how could he create humans with personality right. if he didn't himself? Yeah. And and then I go through this process and then I get to Jesus and you can't deny he existed. And then I get to, well, he's too genius to just be making right. all this up. So it mm. must be true. Um, and then you end up back to, oh, flip. Yep. That's real. And yep. If I want to do this thing, I want to follow God. But, you know, I don't have to read my Bible. I don't have to go pray. But I stop and think about it mm. and go, okay, but if I do mm. and if I don't. Yeah. And then it's so different when you go, oh, yeah, actually, I actually want to do that. I want it, to do that I, I've actually used that. I, <laughs> I've had that in ministry where I've been talking to someone, having a coffee. And then I'll just look at them and go, you know, you don't have to follow Jesus, right? And I've actually, I, want, I once stood up in front of a whole bunch of young adults and said that. And I felt the offense in the room. And I go, why are you offended? No one here is obligated to follow Jesus. You choose to. It's as simple as that. And I think, um, if we're really honest, a lot of people that I come across, including I become like this, um, yeah, just do it because I do it. And because it's safe, it brings safety, it brings a sense of belonging. Um, But there's a way to do that that's more life-giving, I think, to get those things. Actually, that ties back to mental health. Because I think often what people have experienced is they've gotten Jesus or Christianity or God all tied up with something that isn't Jesus, Christianity or God. Mm. So maybe they've decided that if I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to live out of obligation. I have to be a hypocrite like so-and-so was. And I don't want to be that, so I can't follow Jesus. So true. You're mistaken. So true. Those aren't the same thing. And that's part of why sitting down with a good and safe counsellor, because there are good and safe counsellors just like there are good and safe doctors and there are not so good ones. Awesome. Yeah. But don't be afraid of going to check people out. What's the worst that can happen? You sit for an hour. Remember, you've got the power in the room mm. as the client. And you go, oh, flip, I think mm. they're a bit whack. Mm. Well, don't go back. And you've mm. had $100 to practice a little bit of assertiveness. Well, on that <laughs> one, yeah, yeah. Well, on that one, like, just as an encouragement to people and me just talking to yeah. you as a counsellor, like, I, I do know that we, we have this thing of, like, um, if we don't get any new information from somewhere, then, uh, you know, uh, oh, I've tried it, I bought it, I bought it once, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, I, how do you combat that? Because that seems to me to be a thing, even when it comes to other things in life, of, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, no, I tried it once. And I'm like, actually, surely, you know, like, so when it comes to counselling, yeah. if you're on this podcast listening, I'm encouraging counselling. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, what's, what's yeah. <laughs> um, I think you you just almost have to set your expectations in a realistic way. So for me, um, if I was going to change my supervisor, say, um, I will decide in my mind, man, I'm probably going to have to try six supervisors before I find a decent one. And that might cost me 170 bucks a pop. However, maybe I just decide that $1,000 is the price to find a new supervisor. And to remember that in the moment, if I sit there with someone and realize they're no good, that in itself is a learning opportunity. It's an opportunity to practice um, assertiveness. Mm -hmm. Maybe asking some questions, pushing back a little bit. It's an opportunity to practice feeling disappointed. Oh, gee, we've got to practice wow. that as Christians. Do we? we got to get wow. good at it. Yeah. I don't want to practice Have you met one. yourself? Have you met me? Oof. We're both human. We're going to disappoint ourselves. Yeah. Those we love are going to disappoint us. Can you imagine how familiar with disappointment Jesus is? Oh, yeah. I Can mean, he knows imagine? us, right? Yeah. Whew. And if Jesus is familiar with disappointment, should I not be too? Come on. 
Um, but it's an opportunity to practice loss. Mm. That's a good way to connect with other people. It's an opportunity. And I, I just think there's... That's awesome, Dutch, because, you know, like, because um, God wants me to always feel good all the time. So it's hearing what you're saying. Um, and if your car was broken and you took them to a mechanic and it didn't get fixed, would you just go, oh, I guess I'll never drive again? You'd probably try another mechanic, mm. eh? Because you go, it is just, I need a car to work. Well, <laughs> you need your brain to work for mm, you. Like, come on. You need your brain to be your friend. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You can walk around with a brain that beats you up for the rest of your life if you want to. But do you know you don't have to? Right. There are options. But if you want to get those options, you will not get it first pop. Right. It will cost you money. It right. will cost you time. It will cost you um, trying stuff. It will cost you f- failures and then get back up and try again. But I promise it works. Because mm. my mind used to beat the heck out mm. of me. That doesn't anymore. Mm. She's a good buddy in there now. <laughs> Making your she mind by large looks How after goes. me. And you can yeah. change it. And I just, I guess I want to put that out there. You Great. can get a mind that talks to you like Jesus does. And I suppose if that's the definition of counseling, that's going, teach your that. mind to start talking to you like Jesus does. Mm. Imagine if your mind always spoke to you like that. Yeah. That's Fantastic. beautiful. And if you're really struggling with that imagination, watch the Chosen series. Yeah. And then you you will hear and see and yeah. feel it. Hey, and if when I say imagine your mind talking to you like Jesus talks to you, it's got a harsh note or a cruelty yep. or a something else, I would say mm, maybe you need to sit down, go back to Scripture and start pulling out the names of God. Is that really God? Totally. Or has someone just mistaught you a picture of who he is? Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a... Um, thank you for that, Tash. It's, it's quite a... Our mental, emotional health is a very vulnerable thing yeah. and gets hammered and squished and, and yeah. thrown around. And But the idea of loving and having uh, compassion and kindness and nurturing your mental, emotional health is something that I am thinking of as you've been talking today. Yeah. Um, and how freeing in my own life it has been to, to be on that journey, what, five, six years now, something like that? Yeah um it is just what you said i've I've imagined that when i've talked to people what it'd be like if if you could be a friend to yourself especially when it comes to your thinking Mm. and your feeling and um there is freedom that's out there that you know jesus came to give life uh life to the full and a fullness a holisticness that um and a peace you know we've talked about yeah Um, absolutely and which are resources and what that's what i love is it's not just this sermonic thing that we're talking about here this 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 christianese and peace it's practical it is nitty-gritty almost boring yeah these are some boring ass (laughs) (laughs) principles that actually transform do you know what they're boring from the outside but when you're living it when you can get fired and walk out of there and not be overwhelmed by disappointment or devastation and just have a healthy like wow that hurt oh i've been a bit rejected man that sucks what am I going to do about this? What am I going to learn? How can I be kind to myself? I wonder yeah. if something I need to shift. And you can deal with it well. Man, that is peace. That That is reassurance of adequate resources. Mm. When the trials of life come, to know that you actually have resources to be able to live that with dignity, uh, with grace, with peace. Um, that means you don't have to look to the future with anxiety because kind of come what may, your mind can look after you. It can agree with God. It can help you to you know, live in that way he does there's something I do just want to throw out there if there's anyone um, listening who who has a real fear around engaging with something like counselling because it feels too vulnerable to go sit in a space and have someone be like hey totally tell me about (laughs) your struggles and you're like who are you (laughs) everyone's trustworthy somewhere no one's trustworthy everywhere Mm. right including your counsellor trust needs to be built over time 
if you're trying out a counsellor for the first time, pre-decide on something small you can test them on. See right. if they're trustworthy. Go with a small struggle you have, one where you know if they do a stink job of dealing with it, it's not going to devastate you. It's going to be irritating or annoying. But do a little trial one. Make them earn your trust. Right. You are a person of dignity and any therapist needs to earn cool. your trust to be able to speak into your life, ask you deep questions. Mm. So go in remembering you hold the power to withhold your secrets. Mm. Just give a little bit. See what they bring back. Nice. Make them earn it. I love it. I love how yeah. practical that is um, as well. And I even you know, I say that about soul tour. Come in, ask her questions, poke. Go, all right, well, my friends say this is awesome, but I reckon you guys might be dodgy. So I'm going to ask you tricky questions. I'm going to sit here and go, okay, show me what you got and let us show you what we got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And hey, worst case scenario is 200 bucks. I mean, everybody knows you spend that on like food over yeah. a fortnight. Pies, I've spent that on pies. How much you spend on your week? iPhone? Yeah, yeah, quite you a lot. Know? Quite yeah. a lot, quite yeah. a lot. How much you spend on a dress for a wedding? on that yeah. and I reckon man how much better would it be if you could do your relationship yes. well than look hot at a wedding and and also okay. just on that as well what does it mean to invest in something what does it mean to invest in your mental health yeah. we spent thousands and thousands of dollars on degrees a lot of us if you're my generation to not work in that industry uh, half the time um, why would you not uh, invest that similar way <laughs> in something yeah. like this you know a couple hundred dollars or um, I know people that have paid for friends and I guess this is the part where I want you to just, just tell us a little bit more about Soul Tour practically what's yeah. where do you do these things what is it uh cetera cetera touch what's what's the go so um soul tour is a six day download of mental health and life skills that kind of sets you up with all the things your parents would have taught you if they'd been super healthy and known what it was (laughs) wow that's yep it's true It's it's kind of what you need to to dig up and rebuild a foundation you can then build a really beautiful life on um, it's a great opportunity to do that when you're a young adult before you got too far into life but it yeah it enables you to pull up the foundations check them out put back in what's good and fill it with good stuff and mm. once that foundation is set yeah you, you can build on something that when the storms come is not gonna yeah um, completely completely wash out as such uh, so it's a six-day course which is run by our colleagues and the um, original creators of soul tour matt and belinda stock which they they transferred soul tour out of living wisdom the mother content as such uh what we also have is an introduction which is like a really good taster course to come along and go what is this all about so that is a day and a half course usually an evening and a day which uh, our colleagues matt and bell run and felix and i as well Mm. Uh, and what we love about the salt intro which is the short course it's 12 topics over about 12 hours for a minimum of 12 people and in a dream world we want people to run it with their teams yeah so you come as a group of friends um a church crew whatever and you all experience um learning a bunch of tools which give you the opportunity to increase vulnerability Mm. to shift your culture into one that talks openly and has answers Mm. for people's wrestles if you're a pastor, if your people get this, it will reduce your pastoral load. Uh, this is true. I can appro- I can approve of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to give your people a common language to talk yeah. about stuff. Yeah, um, enabling them to actually figure out what's going on way way faster um, than they ever would have before. Fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So when are when are the next ones? Uh, you can check out soultour.co.nz easier soultour.co.nz and if you're interested in hosting one of our weekend courses for your friends for your youth ministry for your 24-7 youth workers for whoever um, shoot us a contact through the website 
uh, and we can come and actually host one with your crew. And that's so much fun. Hey, we've done one with Caleb a couple times. A couple times. Yeah. It's been amazing and life-changing. So, yes, if that's you uh, listening, please do consider it. Soultour.co.nz. Anyway, thank you, Tash, once again. Uh, my first guest, uh, my good friend, for talking to us about what it means to be a disciple that uh, is about mental and emotional health. Uh, kia ora, friend. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. Ciao. Ciao. See you later, guys. We really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and it's our hope that you would interact with the content that's being put out there. After every episode, if you have questions, questions about the episode, questions about discipleship, questions about where are the best pies, nah, just kidding, Uh, but any questions, especially those that you've never been able to ask out loud or uh, in the context that you are in, ask those questions. Head over to Discipleship Aotearoa on Instagram where there you can ask questions on the story highlight or if you're game, you can record yourself asking a question and tagging us, Discipleship Aotearoa. We will play it back. And in episode five specifically, we will be answering your questions, which is going to be really awkward, by the way, if no one actually sends me anything. Yeah, really. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and hope to see you again soon. Ciao. Shameless self-promotion time. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, then maybe you or someone you might know will be interested in Intermission. Intermission is a one-year formational discipleship experience. It's the chance for you to stop and explore the possibilities, to ask questions, to seek answers, to learn and to experience what it means to have a faith that stands and a life that makes a difference in work, in ministry, and in mission. If you want to know more, go to the Kerry Baptist College website, kerry.ac.nz